Hello, my boy, shining women. I hope you aren't startled by the sound of my voice and not my beloved Megan's voice, but I asked for what I wanted, and that was I wanted to to say hello to you fully shining women and welcome you to part two of men what's their deal and women how do they deal with their men (laughs) (laughs) because that really is the question so welcome uh get comfy and cozy and drop into our conversation you can eavesdrop if you will on this conversation i personally am so honored and excited to be sitting across from Megan one more time. I don't know how many more times, but this time I'm here and I'm so excited for this conversation. Hello, my fully shining <laughs> Jamie. I'm, I'm glad, I'm very glad that you had your moment and welcome everyone. That was very sweet. We are going to do listener questions today. We're, I'm really excited about this because one of the things that lights me up is having an appreciative tribe and having that connection and that conversation and that engagement. And so over on our free community, we have been talking about the podcast and what we've been having ahas and suggestions and Mary and... Eve and Stephanie and Arlen all asked questions on this topic around men, what are you thinking and what's going on in your heads and women, what are we feeling? So let's just dig into some questions and see what happens. Cool. All right. So our first question is, how do you give the other freedom and space to be and express who they are when it's hard to understand or foreign to the way you think? So how do you give the other freedom and space to be who they are when it's hard to understand them or it's foreign to the way you are, the way you think? Wow, that's a really good question. I can answer that uh, with a quote from Ted Lasso. And that quote goes like this, be curious, not judgmental. Mm. So essentially, and, and I'm not being facetious by saying that, I really believe that with curiosity, you might not understand what your partner, other significant other is doing or why. So be curious. And that might open a doorway to understanding uh, more of what they do. Uh, for example, like I love to go for 30, 40, 50 mile bike rides. And I know for you, Megan, that is sort of like, why would you go do that? Not ever. on an e-bike. <laughs> or ever. even on an e-bike. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that would be my suggestion is to start there with curiosity and see what happens. Love it. I would love to supply a way to do that. And one of the things that I've been exploring is just understanding like what what does that provide for you when you go off on that bike ride and it's so inexplicably why would you want to get sweaty and work hard and breathe hard and <laughs> put yourself through pain so so what is what does that provide for you is that a question yeah, to me yeah oh um well 
for there it covers a couple things uh one it keeps me fit and healthy as i continue on this path of aging um and then the other thing i get from that is i i really love the freedom and the feeling of wind and sun and elements uh on my human while i'm riding and yeah, it can be, depending, it can be a real workout where you're tired or you're pushing. Uh, sometimes I just go ride for the simple joy of riding a bike as if I'm like seven or eight years old again. Um, but the other thing that I get is after the ride, there's this little bit of like a dopamine high of like your body is now spent and you're relaxed, my mind tends to slow down. Um, and then the other thing I, I do have to say on uh, almost all of my rides, unless I'm listening to one of your podcasts to edit it, uh, I am getting some really good downloads about life and the spirituality and what it means to be on this planet. So that's what I get. So... I just want to use this as a little demonstration, if you will, because for me in the past, when I didn't understand what you gain by going on the rides, to me, it was just like, oh, you're taking time away from the family or you mm -hmm. could be helping out in some other way. And it's an right. inconvenience as opposed to like, oh, if we're in this relationship committed to understanding and supporting each other then of course I want you to have experiences of freedom and fun and downloads and health. And like, I can actually feel it inside my own body as I say that of like, Oh, I can feel that uplift of, mm -hmm. I want that for you. And I see that you then bring that energy back into the family and into our relationship. So I think that curiosity, when you partner that with a commitment to how can we be in a place of both understanding ourself and realizing we're not the same. We have different wants and needs and that's okay. We don't need to compare right. ourselves to each other. We don't need to uh, judge if, you know, you're Mr. Mountain bike or gravel bike or any other kind of bike. <laughs> and I would much rather be in a hot springs or <laughs> meditating or reading a book that, that then we can really be in that place of, mutual benefit and and respect and respect yeah yeah and so that would be that would be my suggestion and your suggestion that's a great question though yeah okay the next question is a good one what do you do when your wounded children butt up against each other Oof. <laughs> usually what happens first is some trigger gets pushed and Oof. There is some immediate reaction in my body where I feel angry or agitated or sad or unseen or unheard. And for me, if I can catch that, <laughs> Jamie's crossing his arms like a little <laughs> indignant child. If I can, if I can catch that, then I, I like to go and tend to that for myself and really allow that energy to move through me to have the awareness of like, where is this coming from? And what do I really need in this moment? So if anything, I would say my inclination is usually to call that kind of time out to 
have us both go off into our respective spaces to tend to ourselves. And then once that, that like heat of the moment has passed to be able to come back and just again, be curious and committed to supporting the other and being able to ask for what I need or say in hindsight, here's what I realized. And here's, here's how I could come from that space of like, what can I do to support you? And also that idea of like, here's what I need you to do to be able to support me. Mm -hmm. When you first asked that question, I had this image of, um, you and I as toddlers, uh, both in <laughs> just pretty cute yeah, together, just in uh, diapers, <laughs> and we each had a little like play sword, and then we started <laughs> like duking it out with our little swords, both really, you know, like in our toddlerness. Adamant. Yeah, um, I love what you said though, and I I do have to say it can be hard to identify like oh I just got triggered right, so. I mean, that feels like that work is just goes deeper and deeper and identifying like, oh, wow, I just got really triggered as opposed to, oh, what do you mean? Why are you saying that? Or, you know, meeting, meeting uh, the, the inner child with my inner child. Right, pointing you know? fingers. And yeah, blaming. pointing fingers and justified and I'm going to be right and you're wrong. And so, yeah, identifying Oh, wow. I just got triggered. So I, what are your, like, how do you do that? What, how do you identify when you're triggered? So well, I just until recently, I didn't even know I had triggers. So, <laughs> um, so this is so all now, new. Hey, okay. So hey, I think this is beautiful because a lot of men I'm imagining may yeah. not know this. So no. I'm just curious, like, even if it's new or even if you don't completely know it, like what could you share that helps? This is all new ground <laughs> for Jamie, so please be patient. Be um, gentle. Yes, be gentle. Uh, I, I do have to uh, throw you props because um, when you do what you just described, you take a time out, and quite often that looks like you going into uh, maybe our bedroom and sitting in one of the comfy armchairs that are there and closing your eyes and... You know, quite often uh, there'll be tears coming down and I follow to engage because that's my, that's how I'm wired. I want to engage conflict. I don't want to avoid it. And As opposed to my way of wiring, yeah. which is to avoid the conflict. <laughs> but uh, in, that, in that pursuing conflict, nothing gets resolved. I mean, I'm just living out one of my... Uh, models of behaving, which is, no, we're going to figure this out, which is a way of controlling or trying to dominate the situation. So when I see you go into that space, it also activates that in me. It really does. I can't underplay that or undersell that. I mean, when I see you do that, it's, a, it's modeling for me. Okay, now you need to go do that too. Mm -hmm you need to go look at what was your part in this. Uh, do you guys really want to be the toddlers in the diapers going at it? Or do you want to be the wise adults or the, you know, okay, we're going to ground here, come back and look at this situation from a new perspective. And the way you get a new perspective is taking that internal time out. 
if it's meditating or taking a walk in nature or somehow or riding your bike yeah or riding your bike moving energy doing some yoga before you react uh on that on that wavelength of inner child to inner child because nothing will get resolved there nothing yeah and i think it's important to say that when you can when you can um also articulate to your partner that you're not just like abandoning them and leaving the conversation but to say like i see i'm triggered right now i need this time to go and tend to myself and i'd love to come back to this conversation once i've had that chance to move some of this energy through my body like can we talk again tomorrow or tonight or in a in an hour or whatever it might be yeah i think that's important to make that agreement because there has been times too when you've gotten angry and stormed off and there wasn't that kind of tending to the um like i'm not i'm not like leaving you or i'm not right uh, like just saying you know i can't deal with this that there is enough of awareness to say we're still committed to the conversation we're still committed to the relationship we just need this time and space to tend to ourselves that's huge it's not a slamming door thing you know and and that's what you've taught me is like it's not storming out pissed or slamming a door. I can't deal with you. It's like, oh, no, I need to take this moment mm-hmm. and, and get centered. Are you willing to allow that? And would you be willing to do that for yourself? Mm-hmm. And so that's huge. Yeah. The other the other thing that I think is a, another alternate possibility is that if one of you is in that kind of wounded child moment, if the other is willing to find that wise adult, which is a phrase from Terry Real, talked about him and his work on the last podcast, so you can go back and catch up on that if you missed it. If you are able to find that wise adult space where you're able to come to your partner and allow them to work through what is going on with them first and to keep that calmed, centered space of saying, oh, I actually recognize you're talking to me right now from this wounded place. This isn't necessarily your whole truth or your real truth. That the, the child is literally in charge here, that adaptive child has taken over. And as the wise adult, if I can be in that place of kindness and compassion and understanding and asking, what is it you need this in this moment? How can I support you? that that also has a really different outcome than when you get to that point of wounded or adaptive child triggering the other person's wounded and adaptive child. And I know for myself that has really required me being comfortable and confident with gathering up all these younger parts of myself and holding them in my lap and letting them have their say and letting them be seen. So I'm more able to do that with you or anyone else. And it also means that in that moment, I often have to like really both like root down and ground and also feel like this rising of my chest of like, yes, I can, I can make space and embody this place of calmness. So I'm not getting drawn into that kind of, um, like if, if you're in that place of anger or resentment or frustration that I'm not, kind of coming down to that level and then we are with our swords <laughs> out duking it out as toddlers yeah nice yeah okay our next question is what are some tools that help you pause 
before you start assigning meaning to a partner's behavior. So when that's happening, if there is a trigger for you, what helps you stop that? Let's set ourselves free of the merry-go-round of past traumas, shall we? <laughs> I love that. Is so, that what the, the question yeah, wrote? Yeah, yeah. Can wrote you repeat it. that? Okay. So what tools do you have to help you pause before you start assigning meaning to your partner's behaviors? So meaning like when you're feeling the trigger come on, like what do you do to pause both as a man and as a woman? And then let's set ourselves free of the merry-go-round of past trauma, shall we? Hmm. Wow. I love that phrase. Yeah, I I have two I have kind of a two parts to this. So the first thing I do, I think is for me, I'm very feeling oriented and so when I start feeling sensations in my body, whether it's my heart feels constricted or I feel like my belly's a little agitated or I feel like a buzzy kind of energy, those are signs to me that something is getting activated in my system. And when I feel that, I invite myself to like take that deep breath and pause and check in and tune in and see, okay, is this something that I can, just by doing that simple practice that it shifts the energy or is it like, hmm, you know what, maybe my plate's too full or I'm too overwhelmed right now to continue the conversation and I know the direction the conversation is headed because of past patterns that it would just be better to say, you know what, honey, I, I really see that I need the time and space to, to get a little more grounded, to continue this kind of conversation and not kind of get sucked down that groove in the relationship of, of trigger and, and trauma. So that would be my first part. And I would, I'd love for you to respond. And then I have another piece after that. You can add that piece. Go ahead. Let's okay. talk about the pause first. Yeah, so I think there's a theme here, uh, is what I'm hearing, is the curiosity piece, you know, because they're asking about a behavior, right? So uh, that curiosity, you know, channels some Ted Lasso, if you've uh, watched that show. And then the other part um, is that place within yourself that you go to to get yourself grounded. Um, and so I have a, um, I have a technique that works really well for me. And that is that, um, I have a space in the center of my head that I created that is like a safe place Mm. and it could be anything, um, The place I created was the spot uh, we used to go to in high school that was an old-growth hemlock forest with a very beautiful stream running through this mossy, hemlocky, very beautiful woods. And I uh, have created that in the center of my mind. And when I can feel myself get triggered, I go there first and I go there to go okay what what is happening here why are you triggered what what uh, inspired that trigger why are you reacting the way you're reacting take a moment and so it's again this that theme that you mentioned in the previous question of just taking time to ground 
to come back because let's face it, none of this is life or death in the moment, right? If you can say, hey, can we, can we hit the pause button here? And I'm going to go to my little hemlock forest and just sit for a bit. And I'm going to get my heart rate down. I'm going to get my breath calm. And then I'd love to come back and, and have a conversation with you where I'm listening to you and reflecting back what you just said to me so you understand, I understand it, and vice versa. So that theme of curiosity and pause button, I think are, are very important in a relationship, and especially in one where you find yourself on the merry-go-round of past traumas and triggers floating about. Yeah. I also feel like it's so important to realize that when you're in a triggered place, you're not going to solve the bigger issue in that moment. So right. to realize you need to have a separate time and space to be able to do that. And I know something that's really helped us in our relationship has been this practice of active listening where whoever is kind of more dysregulated and upset is able to be the speaker and the other person holds that space of being the listener where their job is to really hear what's underneath the words and to reflect back like what what does what does your partner really need to hear in this moment to mm-hmm. feel seen and felt and understood and that you don't get to as the listener you don't get to pile on or add your beefs or your yeah. your point of view exactly. and if you do need time and space for that that's like a separate conversation i think that's really helped diffuse some of the hot topics mm-hmm. and the triggers for us of really realizing like oh right when we're in the heat of the moment we can serve each other by being that safe space and being the the deep listener and then at some point we can also go into how do we negotiate and how do we resolve the, the deeper issue? Mm-hmm. The, the other piece for me is just when, like I loved how it was phrased about before assigning meaning to your partner's behavior. Yeah. I'm like, that is so good because I'm like, wow, that's to me where we really trip ourselves up is that, you know, if you, um, I don't know if, if you forget to pick me something up at the grocery store and I go into assigning meaning to that of like, Oh, you don't care about me. You didn't hear me. You're not really in this fully. That's me assigning meaning to what Mm -hmm. you did Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, here's actually what happened. And so one of the things that I find super helpful is if you're trying to sort that out or resolve that to be able to say, when you did this, the story I am telling myself is, and to then be able to describe what that meaning you assign to the action. And I think that's so helpful both to hear for yourself and then also for your partner to have awareness of, oh, right, when I when I tend to do these things, like if you're speaking over me or you're interrupting me or you're whatever the pattern is to, to really let you know what's being created in me is it's probably touching some wound of not being seen, not being heard, not being understood. And if we can get a little gentler and hold each other a little more tenderly, then you might understand the importance to me. Wasn't that you just didn't 
you know, buy me a, a peach at the at the market, but that when you go and do that, you're providing me that kind of sense of well-being, that sense of tending to me and caring about me. And it it makes it then more important and relevant to you to to remember the next time or to say, wow, I'm really sorry that that wasn't my intent in in the forgetfulness. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Okay. Our next one is when a woman is sad and feels like the relationship lacks intimacy. I hear this a lot from various girlfriends when I know that their partners love them. WTF is this trap. So when women are feeling like sad, they're feeling like, hey, we don't have the intimacy in our relationship. And yet there's like love that exists. Like what the heck is the trap? And they also added in like the woman is wanting the partner to please them. The the woman is like wanting that I think demonstration from the the man in the relationship to to show them that they care to show them that they're sensitive and listening to emotion and there's like some disconnect there we are talking about men this is a predominantly heterosexually oriented conversation yes exactly so um I can't speak for all men but I think Many men, myself included, can get very preoccupied with other things. And the idea of, of having to delve into or swim in the emotional pool, sometimes there's a resistance to that. Um, so why is that? Well, I don't think, I mean, that's all. Okay, that's uh, Jamie on podcast number three. Stay tuned for that one. Why can men not process or deal with emotion? Um, yeah, we're not trained. We're not really, there's not a model for that. There is becoming more of a model. That's most certainly there is progress on that front. But uh, I think it really, it, it comes down to, again, communication. Um. I think a lot of assumptions can be made, um, and especially in the in the business of living a life. If any of our listeners, if you are running your own business and you have small children, and you know you have all these demands on your time, uh, it it can be a challenge um, to find time to. Uh, get into that intimate headspace. And so I think the starting point, my suggestion would be communicate. What, what are the needs there? You know, find out from your partner, hey, you know, can you, can you carve out some time today to have a conversation around this? And you might get an eye roll. Again, I think most men in my experience and in myself tend to be like, ah, here we go again down that, you know. So what would would be the way that you would be be most able to hear that, especially if you're not 
uh, man, like you've obviously done a lot of spiritual work. You're like overall open to this kind of conversation. Right. Like if someone's dealing with someone who is at a different place in their journey, like how, how, cause what I'm really hearing is like this deep desire from the woman to have connection uh-huh. and that somehow that signal or that, um, desires being either misinterpreted or not heard and received from the man. So like, how could, how could she get what she wanted? And also the, it, it, the, it create that opening for the man to really be able to provide that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a tough question. I don't know if I have a a quick solution to that. Um, I just keep coming back to timing. You know, um, we learned in our relationship fairly early on, like there's a good time to ask a question and not a good time, and you know guys are very task oriented you know and again i I just want to say to clarify i'm speaking in generalizations about men i'm not bashing at all i'm just you know saying typically we can be very focused on a task and if we're in the middle of that task it's very hard to segue i mean the joke is men can't multitask it's obviously not true but there is some there is some truth to that. And I know for me, timing has a lot to do with how well I can listen mm-hmm. uh, to what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that goes both ways. I know last night we were in bed cuddling and I, I, I knew on some level I could feel like you were just like like the the motor was off and you were... You know, when you turn a car motor off and it's hot, it like crackles. And I could feel that happening. And yet I wanted to ask you a question. And you said, I don't want to talk right now. And I think in the past I might have been like, well, that wasn't very nice. But I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. They are not in that space. Mm -hmm. So I think respecting where your partner is at. You know, certainly if it's a systemic thing of a lack of intimacy and connection, you know, I, I would go see Sue Mason or somebody <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sue Mason's practice is thoroughly overwhelmed. Um, That's our couple's therapist yeah. if you missed the last podcast. But I think, I think for me to answer that question, I, I have to be in a soft place mm-hmm. internally where I, I am caring about what you're asking for and I am caring about your needs. And, and quite frankly, I am desiring of intimacy too. So it could just be ships passing in the night because of the busyness of our lives. And there isn't that time to go, hey, let's go to the hot springs and sit together and soak and talk about this. Or let's spend five minutes before we go to sleep or over morning coffee to do that. Timing is everything, I think. I I really see, too, that that, that's like a very male perspective. And what I mean by that is I recently started understanding that men men in general, their brain is wired to have a single focus. And like you're saying, they're task-oriented. They want to get something done. Whereas women have a more diffuse awareness and they're aware of everything in their environment and the relationships and the interaction. And you can, you know, bring that back to men going out on the hunt and women being in that 
gathering space where it was really important to transfer a lot of information and a lot of knowledge about, you know, what plants are safe and how to tend to children and how, how to like tend to the hearth as opposed to like our mission is to go out and, and hunt and bring the meat back. So for, for me, it's until I had that awareness, it was baffling to me why, you know, you're completely absorbed in, you know, something on your phone or you're completely absorbed in hanging a picture on the wall. And I couldn't say something else to you and have you really absorb and receive that. Because for me, I'm often, you know, I can put a picture on the wall and have a conversation with Taya and be aware of like the next four things that need to be done. And when I started realizing what you're saying about the timing, it's like, oh, right. If I'm in that loving, respectful, understanding place with you to see it, it's actually not kind to interrupt your nature to just insert like, hey, I need this from you right now, or I want you to put your attention on something else. So even if it's something as like me putting my hand on you and saying, hey, can you let me know like a, a good time for us to have a conversation about what's going on today or hey, you know, when you have the time and space, I'd love to share a few things that I've been feeling. And I've been reading this book called The Queen's Code, and it really breaks down the dynamic between men and women from a, from an understanding of like how women can relate to themselves and to, to men in a different way. And it's, it's really helped me understand at that deeper level of Anytime I do ask you to provide something for me and to help me with something that if I can let you know what the bigger meaning to it for me is, you seem to have a different response to it than if I'm just saying like, hey, here's your honeydew lifts, like go, go check these off. And then when I'm also in that place of real appreciation of you stringing new fairy lights across the front of our house is not just like the task of getting out the ladder and putting up some screws but it changes the whole energetic of our house and I'm I'm so appreciative that like half the lights aren't um no longer working and it makes our house look untended so I feel cared for and it contributes the energy of the house I feel like when we can communicate that to our men folk that there's there's a deeper benefit and then also to be in that place of like appreciation and praise of all the things you are doing that seems to fuel the energy between us as opposed to you know us just like dumping to do's back and forth between each other or you know even even the idea of like you get fueled by my presence so we have this kind of joke we we went on a date to the dump where we were hauling our trash and like you were so happy. And in the past, I would have interpreted that as, oh, like divide and conquer. We both have lots of things to do as opposed to it's actually a, a pleasure and an enjoyment for you to have me sitting next to you, even if I'm not really doing anything. And that by by realizing that that fuels you and fills you up it created this really sweet moment that then you were open, open to like a deeper conversation and to an intimate conversation. So I think it's just really delving into what are some of those different ways we think and how can we like give and receive in ways that are really meaningful to each other. Yeah. That was a highlight for me, by the way. And you, you did help. Dates. You hopped in the back of the truck and slid the cans to the tailgate. And I, I dumped did. them. I was just, mm. 
I, I do want to just say to wrap up this question, I think I know everyone's desiring of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a relationship just kind of goes off the rails or is not quite smooth sailing, these things can build. And I think taking that time to, as you said, communicate what you are desiring or is there a good time but I mean the, the alternative to intimacy is estrangement and I think nobody wants to feel that it's it doesn't feel nearly as as sweet as intimacy mm-hmm. so it, you know it might just take some work if you if we're talking about uh, getting a man's attention and mm-hmm. some of the things you shared are really helpful mm-hmm So I'm going to kind of paraphrase the next question because I feel like we answered a lot of it. I'm curious, like, how how do you make a woman feel seen and heard? Oh, boy. Um, Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, you got to... You got to see her and honor her and appreciate her for her magnificence. I mean, the fact that women are birthing children just, I mean, that right there is huge. And I've seen you birth our two children. And there's some real... um, humility and awe in witnessing that so for me when I when I go askew and I forget about honoring you I recall those moments of your strength and beauty and delivering a human onto this planet that to me is like the baseline and if I can get past my gripes about how you do things or don't do things, which is ego, let's face it, um, then I get to see you. And I, I really feel like the last few weeks, I've been seeing you in a new way. And I've been experiencing you in a new way where it's my pleasure to honor you and witness you and support you. And when you ask me, for something or to do something I I want to honor that because I mean let's face it I mean you're a magnificent being and you've made a decision to travel this road with me and I feel like well yeah let's make it really amazing so I don't know if that really answers that question Um, I think it's a mindset and it's it's a way of it's a way of being, you know. Like the the joke when we first got together was I I had this line from the Princess Bride, you know. Wesley says to Buttercup, "As you wish," you know. And I think I I need to come back to that. I feel like I've strayed away from that a little bit. And that as you wish, you know, maybe some people are hearing that as like, what do you mean? You're just going to do whatever they ask or 
Want? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Can you live like that? Can you live like Wesley's, you know, devotion to Buttercup? I don't know. Can you say as you wish with no ego and no gripes? I mean, imagine. Just imagine what that would feel like. So I, I feel like since our we we spoke about it in our last podcast, you know, we had a little disruption in the force. And since then, I've really had a new appreciation of how you walk this earth and how can I serve that? Because, I mean, being in service, in some ways, in my mind, it's like, what else is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really feeling the when you can connect to like what is the essence of that woman or that man that made you originally fall in love or helped you get through a tough time or for those who chose to have children or were able to have children to see the strength in that maybe you've gotten through a a hard loss or a death or a heartbreak together to really be able to connect to that part and see and remember that part in the midst of the swirl of everyday life and challenges and inner children conflict and (laughs) triggers and all of it. And I have had this sense in the last few weeks of just like really embodying that place of being a queen and deserving to have that kind of reverence and worship and respect and also having you be in that kingly position of me having the same like reverence and worship and respect and for us to come to our life as the queendom, as the kingdom that we're co-ruling together and how can we be in that place of mutually collaborative, mutually supportive place. And I, I just see the more I seem to be in the warm, soft what you would call a divine feminine space that that lights you and fuels you and lifts you up. And then you're able to provide and take care of things in our world in a place of service and like put that back at my feet. And I'm able to then give that appreciation back to you. And I just feel like it shifted that dynamic from being like a push pull competing demand space to uh, like we're in this together and we want to, we want to be in a place of love and respect and partnership so how can we do this and we can take turns and you know when the other person is tired the other person can like dig in and take over lift up for a little while so yeah Yeah. thanks for that I think for me there's this wanting to be like a hero and there's a line a Counting Crows song in I'm in service to the queen or something like that and I feel like you know that resonates for me like I want to be your knight and I want to go slay that dragon you know and make our kingdom safe and and it, that, there's a part of me it, that this really appeals to and, and I've really noticed that recently where you really have been stepped into stepping into that queen dynamic 
and it's not imperious and you know you have all your minions doing all this weird stuff this is like you being regal in the true sense of the word and when i experienced that as a a man who wants to be a knight who wants to be in service to that queen it's a no-brainer i i want to make that really clear because i can feel like even the last decade i've been like fuck that i don't want to serve that right on some like minuscule level like some subtle kind of insidious level i I had that running Mm -hmm. i'll be honest and now i can feel like no there's that's like my mission you know and and in a way i don't want it to sound one-sided i i get so much from that from feeling that it serves me internally to feel that towards another human being. And it translates not only to you, but to our kids. And the person at the grocery store checking me out, it's like you can really bring that to your life. How can I be in service right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like your necklace, you know. You might mention that to somebody at the library who's signing out your book and they oh thank you so much you know like it's just a smaller example of how we touch each other and and can make an impact Mm -hmm. and but it starts with the individual and i think when you shifted that dynamic internally in yourself i responded to it automatically in a way yeah i think there is a basic wiring in men around wanting to be that hero sure there's something too that happens when you go from even wanting to be the knight to wanting to be the king and i really see that like you you've been forged in that crucible of looking at yourself and going through that dark night of the soul to to be in that kind of kingly position and same with me i've also gone through a lot of deep transformation in the last month or two where Mm. i can feel that not being a queen in concept but feeling feeling it land in my body and I feel like this rolls into the next question so beautifully because it says when you quote unquote can't be honest because your partner has so much baggage that they can't be the truth the spiraling pattern goes like this if you do something your partner deems as hurtful or threatening to them your transition transgressions against them are real transgressions and they must be heard but if you point out to them that something isn't working for you you are now attacking them and must be shut down. So what what I hear deeply in that question is like, how do I navigate when my my partner isn't willing to see their role or their part in the interaction? How do I how do I break that pattern? And I know one of the pieces for me, because you and I have talked about this, of there's been times when you felt, you know, I had some growth to do on my path and you were kind of holding the space for me to to join you. And there's times I felt like I was the one saying like, okay, it's time to change and look at this. And you might not have been in the space or in the right timing of it. And what I found over and over again for myself, and I think this is particularly true of women, is that we tend to be the way showers in relationship and we tend to be the ones who notice what's out of harmony or what is no longer feeling well or feeling healthy and that can be challenging when your partner isn't ready to kind of wake up 
and look at it or make some shift. And so for myself over and over again, I've had to be willing to look at, okay, even if you're not willing to come alongside me on this journey right now, or you're still stuck in your, your baggage, that if I do my work and I continue to nurture myself, I continue to let myself evolve and bloom, that each and every time when there feels like there's that big enough gap or space between us, it's like something will kind of snap to in your attention and go like, oh yeah, you know, I need to, I need to join along in this process or that widening of interests and that widening of really being in resonance and harmony is going to grow too wide and it creates that strain on the relationship. So there have been definitely times in our relationship where it's felt like, okay, if some change doesn't happen, this relationship isn't going to be sustainable. And I've had to sit with those fears of like, well, what would be the worst possible outcome? What if we did get divorced? What if we went through a separation? What if, you know, there is that falling apart? And when I was willing to look at what fears came up in me and then realize, you know what, that's not what I want, but I would be okay if that did come to pass and put my attention back on myself and what what I felt called to do, what the next steps were for me. I've been pretty amazed at how each and every time we seem to come back into that place of resonance and harmony. Yeah, the, the analogy that I just got was is as if you're going on a, a, a long hike with someone and you're uh, gaining elevation and the person you're hiking with keeps stopping and resting and and then uh, eventually you're like, well, I'm never going to make it to our goal if I got to keep stopping and waiting. So there, I really feel like there's a, I don't want to sound harsh or cold, but you need to really evaluate, am I with this person uh, and we're on the same path? We may interpret that path differently, but we're both moving in a direction that we consider forward. If that's not happening, then a good hard look is, well, maybe this isn't meant to be. Because ultimately, and what I got from what you just said is, this is your journey, right? The fact that there's another person involved, ah, it'd be wonderful if they can accompany you on this journey. But guess what? It may not work out. It may be more baggage. Imagine if you are hiking with this person and you each have 50-pound packs because you're going in the backcountry for a few days. And then that person says, hey, can you carry my pack? And you're like, "Um, well, I got my own pack to carry here. Well, I can't go on unless you carry my pack. Well, I mean, that's sort of what it's like. Are you willing to take on that other person's baggage with the hope that they'll get up and start hiking again towards the top of the mountain that you're after? Or them asking you to take their baggage and you just say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I love you, but I'm not willing to do that. And who knows, maybe that would be a, a little bit of a, a, an awakening for that other person going, oh, geez, I'm going to be here then by myself. Okay, I need to catch up. 
Because I, I do agree in relationship, especially ones that are uh, based in some kind of spirituality and some agreement between the two people that they are on a path to grow and and evolve. I mean, I feel like that's why we're here, is to evolve. And you know what? There are times when one is ahead and one is not ahead. One is behind. And then that can shift, like you said. But the evaluation of, is this going to, am I carrying someone else's baggage? And am I willing to do that? And that gets into a whole nother aspect, like enabling or, you know, finding someone that you can rescue. I mean, there's just a whole dynamic. I'm trying to keep it simple and saying, if your partner is just not willing, then there's probably a, a good opportunity to look at. Maybe it's not the right partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know for me too, there seems to always be on my side, I tend to try to smooth over or make it easier for everyone around me. So I'll like compensate for, for your baggage as opposed to saying, you know what, this really is yours to deal with. And it's not mine to carry. It's not mine to like haul you up the mountain. And that was something you and I have talked about of like an unconscious agreement we made where I was going to be like the driver, the paddler, make sure everything like keeps moving forward and sticks together. And that when I realized that wasn't really serving me, it was causing resentment and it was causing, you know, it was based on patterns I witnessed in my, my own childhood family when I realized, wow, I'm really done with that dynamic of, of being responsible for your side of the road, which is not my, my side. It's not mine to carry. (laughs) Exactly. That it also freed something up between us where it gave you that chance to say, Oh yeah. Like what, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to respond? And so there's so much to untangle there between what's mine and what's not mine. And like, yes, there's times in our lives where we might make more space or room for the other person. You know, if you, if your partner got hurt on that hike or they were having a really hard time, like, sure. You might say, yeah, let me carry this for you temporarily while you're, you're resting or recovering. But there does have to be, in my point of view, a basic willingness of we're, we're hiking side by side. And, you know, if, if you get so far that you're out of eyesight and we're no longer even, you know, we may be on the same path, but we're not even walking in relationship to each other, that, that doesn't feel like a true, fun, supportive partnership. And sometimes I think it does take one of the partner's going like, okay, if you, if I've done everything I can to support you on your journey and you're sitting in the middle of the trail, like having a tantrum or refusing to get up or just exhibiting some behavior that is like, I'm not willing to help myself. Then sometimes, you know, it might work to say, great, I'm going to keep walking. And when you're ready, like come join me. Okay, let's see. I think we have one more. How, this is a big one. How do you navigate fundamental disagreement on foundational topics such as money, like using credit or not, saving in debt, travel, one wants to go, the other says no way, or raising kids versus someone being more disciplined versus someone with little to no structure and the like? 
Oh, that's easy. Um, there's an application that I'd like you to fill out. And basically, it asks those questions. How are you with money? How are you around kids? You know, you just fill out the application and answer honestly. And then you're like, oh, God, I would never be in relationship with this person. Imagine if we did that when we first got together, like in any relationship that you had all of those things worked out. Because a lot of those things are ethical, you know, like how do you feel about, you know, raising kids and raising kids usually comes from how we were raised you know we have a model in mind unless we've overcome that or we grew up in a very healthy uh, atmosphere which is probably one in a million right so i'm like okay which planet are you on <laughs> like no one i mean, it's so rare that you actually have those kind of conversations before you go into a relationship oh you never do i'm being completely silly a hundred percent. But imagine if we had it would be amazing. That of course. questionnaire and, why, and the you know, application. Premarital counseling is amazing. And I I I feel like something that's starting to resonate with me is when each partner can really get to the truth of like what is true for me, what's my heart's desire about this, like why is this important to me? And you go beneath the surface of just, you know, I don't want to charge money on a credit card or you, you know, want to put money in retirement or not. And you really talk about your bigger picture why of, oh, you know, for me to have a retirement account, it gives me a real sense of safety and security. Or when, you know, we don't have credit card debt, then I feel like there's less pressure on me and I can be more present in our relationship that when you get to what's underneath each of those issues and what is the true heart of the matter, that then there comes understanding. And I've really seen that between you and I, that for years we just had vastly different points of view about money and you had a point of view that was like, money's going to appear, like don't worry about it. And I came from a much more hard work, save, be a little more conservative and over the years, I like threw my hands up at our disagreements and that caused a lot of resentment. And when we were finally able to come back together and I, we were able to hear each other of like, where's your point of view coming from and how might something from your point of view benefit and heal something in me? And also how can my point of view be valid and how might that heal and benefit something in you? And whether we completely agree with each other's points of view or not, there's that place again of the us of saying if this is important to you then I'm going to incorporate that in my way of being and my way of navigating and if this is important to the other we're gonna we're gonna give that to each other instead of just saying my way is the right way or we need to do it one person's way or the other person's way that there can be this right. middle ground that's mutually supportive and mutually understanding yeah, that, that really was eye-opening to really understand that. And and again, I, I, I am being kind of funny when I say, oh, if we had a questionnaire in the very beginning, like what are your thoughts about money? Uh, what are your thoughts about raising children, you know? So um, don't get married two weeks after your first date. 
<laughs> no, don't do it. Um, I, I, I gotta say, I feel like Ted Lasso can literally answer every question in this podcast. Be curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, why, what is it that you want to put so much money into savings or retirement? Or why do you feel like money will just show up and, and you'll have what you need? Like, let's, let's ask that question. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're so beholden to our own beliefs and our own points of view, that we don't ask that question. We don't have curiosity about the other person. I know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're putting so much money away. You could die tomorrow, and who, who, who will get that money? I'll get that money, and I'll go live it up, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the belief there. And I think once you, you jettison the opinions, the beliefs, that I know the right way, and you're like, tell me more about that. I'm really curious. I mean, I can't tell Lasso is like the, the new <laughs> Ted Lasso is the solution to everything. Oh my God, people watch episode uh, season one and two and three will come out soon. I hope I'm dying over here. <laughs> All right, my fully shining women. <laughs> this has been quite the the exploration of topics and I'm 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 smiling a little bit of like what do we know we're we're figuring it out as we go but this is what we got and we'd love to hear from you if something we said resonated or if it sparked another question then we'd love to continue the conversation you're welcome to come over to fsw.care you're welcome to reach out on Instagram and I just I just appreciate our willingness to tackle some of these questions and curiosities and I don't know just maybe open up that path of there's other ways to to do it we can learn new tricks and we can we can grow and evolve and whether our partners feel like they're right by our side or we've left them in the distance or they've left us that there's there's ways to repair and come back into harmony if that's if that's the path for your relationship and also sometimes it does requiring those hard looks and those hard conversations to say yeah it's no longer time for us to be walking down the trail together i feel like this podcast is the laboratory and you and i are the lab rats (laughs) (laughs) we're the guinea pigs these questions were really good and i just want to say from my heart, I so appreciate you having me on your podcast. Uh, I'm not a fully shining woman, but <laughs> I am so in love with a fully shining woman. And I, I again, thank you uh, for having me on. It's a pleasure to tackle some of these difficult questions and be vulnerable and open um, on the air with you. Mm-hmm. So I hope there's a another opportunity to join you it's a date cool love you love you honey now this is the part where i tell you how we can stay connected i would love it if you would rate review and follow 
this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. We're gathering over on Fully Shining Women Leading Our World on Mighty Networks, which is at fsw.care. You can follow me on Instagram at Megan Gilroy. And if you're interested in having a conversation about working with me privately or whether the Fully Shining Women Wisdom School is a good fit for you, you can go to megangilroy.com to book a clarity call. Now, all this is in the show notes for you. And this has been edited and produced by Gilroy Productions. To hire us for your podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash Gilroy Pro. Thanks, Bodhi. I love you.